Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of Fansided, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and opinions on our New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, and today we are here to review the most recent preseason game for the Saints. Who dat, and what's up, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we're here again with another amazing episode for you guys. If you haven't already, please make sure to go check out all the other amazing episodes we've been being out for you guys. There's a ton, and I'm sure you guys won't want to miss those, so make sure to check those out. Before we kick off the episode, here's some quick Saints news uh, of the day for you guys. So the Saints have rele- released veteran running back Terrence West, who was formerly with the Baltimore Ravens, and wide receiver Josh Huff, who was uh, played with before with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and Josh Huff, also former Oregon Duck, uh, shout out because he did go to college only a few hours away from me. I always like to mention that, but yeah, it seems like, uh, the Saints are narrowing down their searches in both the kick returner, punt returner slot, as well as the, uh, running back, uh, depth spot there for, for the fourth string, some of the support for, uh, Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara while, um, Mark Ingram serves his four game suspension to start the series. So a lot of people thought Terrence West would have made that spot. I don't think a whole lot of people expected Josh Huff to make the roster. Turns out that he's most likely not going to. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it's very interesting um, to see. I, I bet you Shane Vereen is next because it seems like um, Jonathan Williams has been performing really well and Peyton likes to go with the younger guy. So West out now, the veteran. Uh, Vereen, the other veteran, maybe on his way out next. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it happened so soon. But, um, Me too. You know, maybe I was thinking they were going to wait till after the third preseason game to to really cut down on that. But um, it's smart, I guess, to go after the second and then go into the third with an even smaller group so that you're judging even more microscopic to uh, to see who who's going to end up making the team. So, um, yes, sure. it's crazy news. I, um, also, I want to get to the poll that we talked about. Um, you, I, you have anything else to say about about the news? I think I think that's it, right? Anything? No, else? that's it. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Pre- pretty slow. The other than the other than the game, not a whole lot of news surrounding the Saints. But the cuts will be coming soon. Um, we did do a poll on our Twitter account. We ended up getting fifty votes. Thank you to everybody who ended up voting. Um, it, it was kind of a wild one. When I was typing this out, I was like, I think people are going to think this is weird um, that I'm I'm suggesting this because of the I guess. Um, lack of disruption that fans want of this chemistry that we have of the team we maybe not we, we, nobody really talks about getting landing another star so to speak uh, on the saints roster because we feel like we have enough but clo mack obviously having his uh problems with the oakland raiders currently seems like neither side is getting close to a, a contract agreement uh mack has been sitting out all of training camp plus both preseason games he's been fined a lot of money but it doesn't seem like he cares about all of that, uh, he he just really is not liking mm-hmm. the vibe in Oakland with new head coach John Gruden. So um, he it seems like he's on the trading block, or the Raiders are may, maybe just holding out to see if, if one side will crack. But I, I would bet that he's on the trading block. So I said, uh, would you guys trade Marcus Davenport, uh, you know, obviously our first round pick from this past draft, and a future second or mm-hmm. third round pick for Kalomak? The options were yes, no. Raiders say no, obviously, because they're, they're, that's the pr- proposition to them. They have every right to say no. And um, the fourth option was if Mac signs a new deal, yeah, we, we do that. So um, with 50% of the votes, so 25 votes, um, the 
uh, or you guys voted for yes, you would accept that trade if the Saints decided to um, offer Marcus Davenport as well as a second or third round pick. And I threw in a second or third round pick in there Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the Saints obviously traded their first round pick for next year, so they don't have a whole lot of leverage. And it doesn't exactly seem like uh, the Raiders are going to be commanding their first round pick for Davenport, especially if a player like, uh, or, or for Mac, especially if a player like, Davenport is, um, you know, offered uh, as part of that as the bigger piece there. Um, and then obviously right below that was no, you guys, uh, the second most voted on was no Raiders say no was third. And then I think only one person said if Mike signs a new deal, I don't think we'd have enough cap space, um, to Mm -hmm. sign him to a longer deal, but, uh, uh, that was an option there. Obviously it would be nice. And also to get to articles of the week. Oh, by the way, follow us on Twitter at the Who Dat Dish, or sorry, at the WDD Podcast is our podcast official for the Twitter account, or for the official yep. Twitter account for our podcast is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's where we're running all the polls. We keep you guys updated with all the links and everything. Um, and be sure to go to whodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. Fantastic Saints articles week in and week out, especially by uh, our editor, Roy Anderson. So, Tyler, um, a- a- anything you got to say on that stuff, or are you ready to jump into reviewing the game? It's funny you mentioned the poll, man. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me really liking Marcus Davenport, but I completely disagree. Like, one, why waste more picks, you know, on somebody, you know, that's already uh, having issues with, with one team, you know? And, like, do we even have the cash space to afford a guy like Khalil Mack? He's going to command as much money, uh, if not more, than Cameron Jordan when he eventually – gets paid or you know i don't remember his numbers right now but um it's just i don't know you know like yeah. sure it'd be great to have like a hybrid linebacker defensive end you know on the other side of cameron jordan but the saints are really good with like finding young players so they don't have to pay for a long time you know marcus williams michael thomas alvin Kamara, all these young players it would sort of like ruin it so to speak i think if you if you take a guy like Cleo Mack, you know, not only trade away more picks, but give up Marcus Davenport. And then you, on top of that, like, although he's talented, you have to pay him a, a ton, a ton of money. And that's that's going into a team that has all these players down the road, you know, that they want to pay, you know. And, yeah. you know, a key yeah. offensive linemen, key weapons on both sides of the field. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's crazy. But I say let's just move on into topic one. It's it's definitely risky, obviously, with the money situation and, you know, giving up a future project player could turn out to be a star for a guy who, you know, currently is a star, but he's not in the position like Davenport is where we know we're going to have him for, for years to come in and max uh, time in the NFL is a lot shorter than that. So his value kind of goes down, um, but it, but it is it is kind of uh, interesting and it would kind of complete um, a, a very, very big hole that the Saints are missing, which is defensive line pressure on the other side consistently uh from Cameron Jordan uh but yeah let's let's jump to topic number one obviously the most talked about thing in Houdat Nation was the Saints unfortunate loss for their season opener this past Friday they fell to 1-1 during the 2018 preseason losing to the Arizona Cardinals 20-15 to it really wasn't even that close uh the Saints were down 17-3 to at halftime and they they looked lost at times obviously you had uh, Taysom Hill, third string quarterback in there, manning the offense for a lot of the uh, uh, first half, most of the first half. Um, and he seemed to get the um, angry tweets the most from fans, and the game was marred by his turnovers. 
the team had four total, and they were all from Taysom Hill. He threw two interceptions, and he lost two fumbles. In his defense, he did go 11 for 15. Uh, his passer rating wasn't that great. Uh, he, he didn't really complete many impressive passes, and obviously had the, the four total turnovers. But uh, he was not surrounded by a great offensive line, continued struggles by uh, guys like Will Clapp, and um, he, he, he was always crowded in the pocket, so he really wasn't able to get uh, a lot of clean looks off. Uh, for the Cardinals, both Sam Bradford, uh, he, he was 6-for-6 six for, six for 61 yards, and Josh Rosen was 10-for-16, 107 yards, one touchdown, the rookie sensation, obviously out of UCLA. Talked about him last week uh, with Jess Root, uh, how impressive he's been. Both of them tore up New Orleans starting defense, especially picking apart the linebackers. Um, David Johnson had a touchdown run. Rookie receiver Christian Kirk, who we talked about last week as well, um, had a very nice touchdown pass. Uh, and catch from Josh Rosen, 13 yards that uh, ended up inflating the lead for the Cardinals. So, um, Tyler, uh, just what went wrong for New Orleans? What, what, why, why, why was their starting defense struggling so much again, particularly with the linebackers? What, what went wrong for the team? The Taysom Hill experience went wrong. That's what wrong day. And, and um, you know, uh, I imagine this was a regular season game, four or five turnovers. So that's going to cost you the game, you know. And um. You know, we're lucky there was just a preseason game, and we're lucky that Taysom Hill doesn't start, that's for sure. You know, and it's funny, but, um, you know, any other day, you know, uh, uh, we wouldn't be seeing Taysom Hill. But, you know, of course, this preseason, everything's sort of hyped up a bit. But, like, you take a quarterback in who's trying to make a roster, and, you know, uh, you take multiple drives, multiple drives in the first few plays, force fumble, or uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't grab the ball correctly from Max Unger, or throws a, a crappy interception and you know I, i'll give him credit one interception it was um cameron meredith's fault who mm-hmm. actually uh i'm pretty happy actually played not for that reason because of the interception but um you know just little things like that where you know he's trying to make a roster you know uh, on a team where uh, the saints are only going to keep so many quarterbacks it's really frustrating to see him you know who we thought go so forward he took a step forward and now he's taken like 80 steps backwards you know and sure he has the playmaking ability but you know it's just nothing looks good in this game when you have Taysom Hill making uh, throwing having so many turnovers it's just ridiculous you know it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened you know but unfortunately it did and that's that's my big takeaway that and the offensive line those are my two things Many, Backup offensive line. Many young quarterbacks uh, struggle mightily, both in the preseason and regular season, with turning the ball over. They they uh, really want to utilize all of the new coaching and schemes that they've learned in their short time in the NFL onto the mm. field in real time. Uh, and a lot of the times that actually equals um, more uh, just absolute risks that they're taking out on the field because they are not... Um, adjusted to the NFL, both speed, sure. what the defense is running, uh, and stuff like that. So I felt like that's what was happening with Hill. I'm glad he's doing this in the preseason. I'm really glad Drew Brees is our starter because this would have been really a disaster. Um, shout out to Tom been. Savage, six for seven, fifty-three yards. Uh, but and Hill, JT Barrett too. Yeah, and and um, Tom Savage also got sacked three times. And yeah, JT Barrett who is going to get two, three of five, forty-five yards. Um, uh, Tom Savage also had a ninety-eight point two passer rating. Uh, not too bad, especially compared to Taysom Hill's 42 and a half. Um, Taysom Hill, again, for the second preseason game in a row, led the team in, in rushing yards, 43 off three carries. Jonathan Williams, who I mentioned earlier, probably going to end up winning that um, extra uh, running back slot, uh, eight carries, 37 yards. 
Uh, and JT Barrett had the rushing touchdown that put the Saints within five points of the Cardinals towards the end of the game. He had two carries for 13 yards, including a, a 12-yard touchdown run. Um, Terrence West carried the ball two times for 26 yards, uh, and he got cut by the team earlier today, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Traquan Smith led the team in receptions against second week in a row, three receptions, 60 yards. Austin Carr, name we haven't really heard of. Uh, we talked about him a lot last offseason, uh, and he was on the practice squad a lot. Uh, for the Saints yep. in 2017, three catches, 37 yards. He had a 15-yard reception, which was really nice. Um, but he had three targets, and he caught all three balls. Um, Keith Kirkwood had a catch, as did uh, uh, Malcolm Floyd. Shane Vereen had three catches. Ma- uh, Michael Thomas, of course, two catches for 12 yards. Nothing too impressive, though. And, um, yeah, so that was... Uh, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, Alex Anzalone led the team in tackles, as did A.J. Klein. However, it seemed like Manti Teo... Look kind of lost in coverage at times. Rosen and Bradford are able to pick apart the middle. And I, again, I talked about it with Jess on the podcast last week. Bradford is one of the most underrated, accurate passing quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he's able to pick defenses apart uh, when he's healthy, and he was very healthy in this game. Six of six, didn't didn't really miss a beat there. So, um, and 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 he was able to attack the middle of the field, which is where our linebackers are are supposed to have it locked down. So that's something that needs to be improved upon. But there are positives to take away from this game. If I had to take away positive, uh, obviously, I, I it would be Traquan Smith yet again impressing us. It would also be I am confident in in the running game of of this mm-hmm. um, Saints offense as well as the starting offensive line backups. A big major 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 area of concern, but. Uh, with the surrounding talent, I think that it kind of evens out um, if we were to have a couple injuries here and there on the offensive line, just because of how immensely talented we are with Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, and 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 again, seeing guys like Jonathan Williams and most likely Boston Scott uh, playing well in the preseason so far is promising for uh, filling in that void left by Ingram for the first four games. Um, any other positives you want to mention there for, for the Saints? Yeah, actually, I've got a ton. So, it's funny, you know, I watched the highlights, I, I watched the stream, I, I you know, I, I got a lot of good, you know, even though we lost, I think there are a lot of positives to take away from it, so it's funny, you know, uh, we mentioned, you know, uh, I almost uh, should have threw an asterisk in here when I said uh, the backup linemen were pretty bad, you know, on the offensive side, not all of them, and it's funny, if I can find it really quick, I'll mention it, if not, it's not too big deal, uh, too big of a, a big deal, but um, Rick Leonard, you know, the guy mm-hmm. that everybody so he gave us uh, hate, you know, for taking so early. Actually, had not too, too bad of a game. If I could find it, I retweeted it. Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. So uh, right now, uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, a uh, pretty uh, highly coveted uh, website, actually gave uh, rookie tackle Rick Leonard uh, high marks for his first uh, two weeks of the preseason. So among, among rookie offensive linemen to see 30-plus snaps, he was first in pass protection and second in run blocking. And among all offensive linemen to see 30-plus snaps, he was sixth in pass, pass protection and fourth in run blocking. But other than that, though, I'd say the rest of the back of linemen were doing pretty bad, especially Will Clapp. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the good, though, let's see here. In my notes, I had Trey Hendrickson, another another week, another time the dude's been balling. Everybody keeps on saying it. People are finally noticing the dude is a beast, and he's made a huge leap from his uh, rookie year to now, and props goes to him. Like I mentioned already, wide receiver Traquan Smith, you know, he had the three catches, 60 yards. Brandon Tate seems to have appeared to take the kick returner, punt returner spot for his own. He just, another week of dominance, another week. He wants his shot bad. I think he's going to get it. He's doing really good. As far as other players have done really well, 
Uh, I mentioned defensive end Trey Hendrickson. Some of the other D linemen did really well. Uh, Mitchell Lewen and Deverell Lawrence. Uh, those are two guys that really stood out to me. Other people, we mentioned the running backs, so I'm just going to say all four. Jonathan Williams, Mark Ingram, Boston Scott, and Terrence West all had pretty good games. Uh, they, they didn't get a ton of, ton of snaps. They were all pretty split among the four, but they all had a really good chunk of yards, which each snap that they got. So, and I also had a couple honorable mentions. JT Barrett, you know, his limited playing time, he looked really good. You know, the 12-yard run, I thought that was a great um, a great example of how explosive and how athletic he can be. You know, it sort of reminded me of Lamar Jackson a little bit there. And um, I, I was pretty happy that Cameron Meredith, like I said earlier, finally saw some action, even though it wasn't the best of action to see. And Al-Qaeda Muhammad, you know, the backup D lineman had some nice plays. But, yeah. Those would be all my good guys. So yeah, it's good to see AQM out on the uh, out on the field finally after really for we sure. didn't see anything out of him last year, and he's been slowly creeping up the depth chart for the Saints. So that's good to see. Unfortunately, we did not see uh, yet again Marcus Davenport on the field as we had mentioned earlier, the first round pick of this past draft for the Saints. But sounds like we will be seeing him, according to uh, head coach Sean Payton, uh, mm-hmm. against the Chargers. By the way, we will be previewing the Chargers game tomorrow uh, with, I, I don't know who exactly, but uh, we will be uh, sitting down with somebody from Bolt Beat, which, which covers the San, uh, Los Angeles Chargers of the uh, Fansided Network. Uh, so again, uh, partners with us over here at Fansided, so it's going to be a great conversation with them helping us preview the game, and that'll be tomorrow. Um, and hopefully these guys, uh, such as AJ Klein, uh, Will Clapp, are going to step it up. I do think Will Clapp ended up Again, it's it's not like he, he played terrible. The The offensive line as a whole uh, just did not play good. They they, they gave up uh, four sacks uh, in the game, and they had JT Barrett, Taysom Hill, even Savage scrambling all over the field. Uh, so it was unfortunate, and that definitely just doesn't bode well for Will Clapp, who has already been um, kind of exposed on film for the first game against the Jaguars. Um, and yeah. But, but I, I, I really think who hurt themselves the most, especially in the eyes of the fan, was... We have to go back to him because he, he was the one marred by it. Taysom Hill. Uh, he, he, he just kind of looked lost out there at times. And t- j- there's just nothing worse than turning the ball over, especially when you start the game out so poorly. Um, yeah. Hill, Hill e- even if he was 11 for 15, not a lot of yards. His passer rating was very low. Turned the ball over. A lot of punts for the team. And on top of that, he just he, he, he only got us three points. We, we, we were down 17 to three. If he had been the quarterback for the rest of the game, it, it it would have been an absolute I, I, a landslide. Didn't matter the defense that Arizona was bringing in; they just had his number. And uh, again, you can attribute it a little bit to the um, uh, surrounding talent by uh, Taysom Hill or lack thereof. But I think he hurt his chances uh, at at improving his roster spot the most out of anybody. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny you said uh, he just he looked horrid out there. You know, he looked nervous. He looked uncomfortable. You know, when it gets to a point where you can't even, you know, and I give Max Hunger the benefit of the doubt. You know, if we're, if we're, I believe when this is like one of the first few fumbles that he had, I'm pretty sure Max Unger was out there. Actually, shout out goes out to the starting alignment. I'm pretty sure this is like the first time in a while now because of the other injuries. Pete was back. Everybody was good to go. Teron Armstead was healthy. This is the first time we saw the starting uh, five out there. They looked pretty good from when they were out there. But I'm going to give Max Unger the benefit of the doubt. He's a good center. Uh, you know, sure, I, I would love to see him go to the Pro Bowl. He's a great center. But, um, Taysom Hill just didn't catch it, you know, and, you know, just plays like that, you know, it, it makes us lose the, 
our confidence in you. It makes us lose, you know, like anything that we saw in you to begin with that all that all disappears. You know, sure, like you're an athletic quarterback, you know, and, and you're a hard hitter on special teams. But if you're going to make countless, countless errors, it would be different if it was like one or two interceptions or maybe a one fumble, and one interception. But like five, you know, like you've got to be kidding me. It's terrible, you know, and, you know, the preseason, uh, don't get me wrong, the preseason is like a learning experience. But it's it's a time for not only fans like us and uh, analytics and reporters and media analysts and everything. It's a time for people to see how you're doing, to see how you grow and to see to see how you're improving, you know, and. You know, maybe from the time back when he was with Green Bay to now, maybe just he hasn't really taken that step yet. You know, and who knows? Maybe this cost him his job. I, I don't think, probably not. I don't think if the Saints were to keep three quarterbacks based off of this experience alone that they would keep JT Barrett over uh, a Taysom Hill. I think right now Taysom Hill has the experience over JT Barrett that would overall win him the job if they kept three. I just think right now it's like it's almost like a giant face palm for Saints fans. It's like why everybody I saw on Twitter, why is he still on the team? Get him off my team! You know, I don't want to see him. You know, and it, it's just terrible. But yeah, like uh, Stone Cold, one hundred thousand percent agree. He hurt his chances a ton. You yeah. know, for for sure, especially like I said in the as a fans. I do want to give a shout out to both Arthur Mollett and um, Justin Hardy. They had. Both of them each had a nice pass breakup in the game, making me a little bit more confident in our um, secondary depth there that I think is going to be the strongest, and Marshawn Lattimore has been impressing in camp. Also, shout out, um, I, I, I guess we'll just reveal it real quick because Nick Underhill was the one tweeting about Marshawn Lattimore. Um, we may be getting Nick Underhill on the show in the near future. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler, for for tweeting <laughs> at him and uh, asking him to get on the show because that's that's just freaking awesome. So if we get Nick Underhill, um, by far in 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 our opinion, the best Saints beat writer out there. Obviously, he writes for um, uh, the Advocate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Advocate. Yep. Um, I was get the Advocate Nola.com mixed up because I for 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 the longest time I thought they were the same thing, but because um, I'm not from New Orleans, guys, and I, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, neither am I. So Writer for The Advocate covering the Saints. Uh, fantastic, guys. So ho- hopefully we'll get him on the show very soon. But um, as far as for the game, last question for you, Tyler. If you had to give out an MVP for it, obviously it was a losing effort, so I, 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 I lightly say MVP. But if you had to if you had to give it out, who would you give those honors to? I don't know. Define MVP. You know, it's tough because uh, JT Barrett scored the only touchdown. Will Lutz has some nice uh, field goals. Um, Trey Hendrickson looked really good out there. Can I give it like a three-way tie? Sure. Is that even possible? Yeah, that's fine. Anything is possible on the podcast. And yeah, I'm, so I'm breaking the tie. By, tie. I'm breaking the tie by giving it to Will Lutz because I, it, Ooh. he is one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL, and we take him for granted. He he is he is absolutely consistent for us and great, especially between um, pretty much 25 to 45 yards or maybe even 50 uh very accurate and yeah he scored a bulk of our points and i don't think he gets enough credit he's one of the he's one of the best kickers in the league most consistent for sure so i'm glad we had him on the team and yeah he was the mvp he scored the bulk of our points for us and he was able to bail us out of drives that would have ended just terribly if we came away with no points so shout out to a lutz georgia state legend very true yeah absolutely and you know man I, i love my kicker man you know i can't remember how many years ago or, you know, the Saints were in peril. You know, yeah. they had nobody. But um, with that being said, so uh, with that being said, we we talked about some good. Let's talk about some bad. Uh, 
Uh, the fans hate it. We hate it. It seems like everybody, uh, if you live on planet Earth and watch uh, the National Football League, you probably hate it by now. And that's some more rule controversies. And yes, uh, it evolves with rules and penalties. So let's dive on into that. So it's not really about the Saints right now, but it's probably going to be about the Saints eventually. So we need to cover it. We need to mention it. So uh, specifically, uh, focusing on the NFC, the Minnesota Vikings linebacker Antoine Williams had a beautiful textbook sack. I saw this play. I was like, how is that not a sack? Like he celebrated like it was a sack. Everybody thought it was a sack, except for a few people. And against the Jaguars this past week, except with uh, new rules, apparently it wasn't textbook at all. People like were flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted. I never really got a chance to talk to you about it, Dayton, but I'm sure you probably were too. And he was flagged. Yeah, it it was just like it was insane. It was like ridiculous. But he was flagged for roughing the passer, which is absolutely ridiculous. A 15-yard penalty that cost their teams uh, cost their team crucial yards. You know, like a 15-yard penalty is a lifesaver for an offense who's trying to uh, drive down the field. But with that being said, though, add this to the long list of already controversial, uh, what we once thought were textbook, uh, you know, things that you would do, tackling, everything. Now it's just extremely questionable, apparently, now to the NFL. So uh, this is crazy. I, we need to talk about this. So how often will this affect teams negatively, you know, and especially in the regular season with all these different teams, all these different players, so players we all thought would be, you know, accustomed to what they thought would be textbook, but now by the NFL isn't. So it's just, it's ridiculous, you know, and do you foresee uh, Dayton referees being told to lighten up a bit or would you say no? And what do you think? Let's just talk about what do you think about everything going on right now? How crazy is it that once we thought it would be so regular now, it seems like everything's turned upside down, you know, and it's just nuts. So this specific play by Williams uh, is the first little taste we have of, of what a lot of people are calling the quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers rule because of the collarbone injury he suffered last year being tackled by Anthony Barr. Referees are going to be looking out more so for defensive players who are sacking quarterbacks, putting their weight onto the quarterbacks as they're going down to the ground, and that's what the call was for roughing the passer against Williams. However, looking back on the tape and even in real life, it's very clear that he lands pretty much to the side of uh, Cody Kessler, who, who, who is who he sacked. Um, he did not put his... Because uh, Anthony Barr was the main reason, obviously, that tackle uh, when when he put his weight on Rodgers uh, led to another broken collarbone there for Rodgers, and that's what the NFL is trying to prevent. But nothing of that sort's happened here mm-hmm. on this play, so I'm really not sure why it was not called. But um, this, this, this just proves that rules like this that are kind of take it a little bit too extreme, and we've seen it already with the lowering the crown of the helmet rule that has been so controversial over the past two weeks already. Uh, we can see that it can create a slippery slope of referees uh, trying to abide by these rules that are are are, are it's kind of specific, but also so general. And, and 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 overall, it just comes down to a judgment call, which is not what we want. We want it to be as even playing field as possible. We don't want a lot of human error, and that's what these rules are mm-hmm. are leaving so much room open for. Um, that that's what we don't want to see. And the slippery slope will eventually create situations in games in the regular season where referees will make these controversial calls, maybe at the ends of games that cost teams wins, uh, maybe before halftime that will eventually lead to a team not being able to to get a points or 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 giving up points to a team that didn't deserve them because of such a bad call. 
um, and just taking away opportunities for teams to win games, and it's really not fair uh, to these guys. And a lot of players are tweeting about all this, so my stance on it, I'm, I'm absolutely with the players who are disagreeing with the rules so far. Uh, Richard Sherman made a, made a very nice point as to most of the guys who are making these rules like have 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 not played men, much football in their life. They have not played many years. They they sure they've watched and and there are some expert you know um, um doctors and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that on the panels that make these rules. But uh, as Sherman pointed out, if you were to take most of those guys who made the rules, put them on the field, and have them run full speed to tackle a guy, they would mo- break those rules that they are setting for players every single Absolutely. time. It seems. Um, and and that was a great point by Sherman. Uh, so really, stuff needs to be changed. The players need to be more vocal in this. Uh, I can't wait for the new CBA to come out in a couple of years when it's rewritten, uh, or, or hopefully there's there's some major overhauls and, and 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 a lot is rewritten by the guys so that they have more sane rules like this. Um, and and again, player safety is important, and I understand the NFL going for that, but this is too extreme. Uh, once you start really putting tackling under a microscope. Um, and I, I get the helmet to helmet contact and I get uh, a bettering the technology for the player's equipment. But when you start getting into the actual bare bones of, of football and changing that as the NFL has at the highest level, that's when you start to create confusion mm-hmm. that trickles down again. The slippery slope is what I love to use because uh, one incident leads to another. And then after that, it's just creates a snowball effect. So it needs to be changed. Um, and yeah, it's frustrating. I'm, I'm, I'm just as frustrated as you watching this. Um, luckily... Yeah. My only hope is that since this is preseason, something will change before because of the backlash it's received. Hopefully somebody recognizes that and, and, and looks to change something even small on the fly. Uh, maybe some language in the rules. Maybe really the ways that the referees look at this. Um, hopefully something changes small before the regular season starts because I think it'll be a disaster if uh, calls like that happen in the regular season, especially when it costs teams games. Uh, which I think I think it will, if that's the case. If what we just saw over the past two weeks, especially in uh, that play in Minnesota, forget about mm. it. Could could, could yeah. be an absolute disaster. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I love the metaphor you said, where you know, if you take if you put the referees out there, you know, this game, th- this game of football is so is so intuitive. You know, you're you're anticipating, you're expecting. You know, when somebody's coming at you about to juke you or something, you just aim at them. You know how hard it is for mm-hmm. a player to uh, to uh, go and tackle somebody, you know, with all those rules in mind and try not to get penalized. And now something is so simple as textbook tackling, textbook sacks, uh, getting taken away. It's, it's crazy, you know, and uh, dare I even say it, the no-fun league. Yes, the National Football League right now seems like a no-fun league, something that I look forward to. Every single time I watch that game of football, sacks, you know, seeing the Cam Jordan put his arms in the air, everybody's celebrating, seeing the Sheldon Rankins, you know, the big boy doing his thing, you know, that's something that makes football fun. That's something that, you know, that I look forward to every time. And that's something I can't wait to see when Kirk Cousins goes down week five when I go see them in New Orleans and hopefully Cam Jordan does that. I'm getting off topic. But with that being said, like, it's so textbook. It's so simple. You know, and for them to change it, it's just like I almost want to rip my hair out of my head. Like, why would they do this? You know, and like, sure, I see it. You know, they the reason is valid. They want to make players safety, but when you remove something, uh, they, they want players to be healthy and safe. But when you remove something like this, it's just ridiculous. You know, and what's next? You know, and like 
it's just crazy. And, you know, when you mentioned that, um, you know, with hopefully enough people notice the people that matter, hopefully they'll really take a, a strong look at it. Cause look what they've done with other penalties and other controversial plays in the NFL, the catch rule, they redid that and it's a lot simpler now. And I, there are other ones I can't remember, but unfortunately, this is just, unfortunately it took them years to fix the catch rule though. And I have a feeling yeah, this will happen here as well with this, because the, with the catch rule, um, it obviously it doesn't really have to do anything with player safety. It just has to do with uh, how the referees are viewing stuff on the field. So I feel yeah. like it, then the ball on this could roll one or two ways. It could be, oh, they're going to um, delay it, which which I think will happen. They're going to delay any rule changes because they believe what they have implemented now is the best for player safety. Uh, and, and obviously the kinks the, in, in their mind, these are just kinks that are going through. I don't think it is. Again, when we talk about no. the slippery slope. They think yeah. these are just kinks that will be, you know, um, um, smoothed out over time. Um, or mm-hmm. the ball could also roll where they go, um, hey, this is about player safety. And these players are understanding that um, they, you know, don't don't need this kind of these kind of rule changes to properly play the game. Let's change it back if it's really angering that. But the NFL isn't going to do that. They're a billion dollar company. So um, um, but I, I, I do think that the possibility is there for them to maybe maybe make some type of rule change within the next year or so. But my, my guess is that it'll be drag drag out like it was with the uh, catch rule that took forever to yeah. finally be like this past offseason. It was on a final. It's been like four or five years. So crazy. Yeah, it really is. I just realized I made a mistake. I said Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I meant Alex, Alex Smith. Smith, right? Yeah, Alex That's Smith. Right. My bad, my bad. But uh, yeah, I need to get with the program. But you know, and it's just it's such a crazy thing, you know. And you know, hopefully enough people notice notice by now about what's happening, you know. And I think the referees sort of like like we've been saying, they don't understand how hard it is for an NFL athlete. You know, like you've played football before. I just played as an offensive lineman, you know, for my local league. I mean, not that I really have to tackle people, but, like, we get to picture how hard it could be, you know? And yeah. it's just it, – it's such a crazy thing right now. It's gaining a lot of steam, you know? And we probably wouldn't be talking about this, but, like, play after play after play, you're seeing these videos from across the league. And this is only the preseason. You know, something where – this probably wouldn't even be brought up if, if it was anything else. But, like – Something as crazy as now because there's such a new recent rule change, you know, it's gaining steam so quickly, you know, and I really hope for the sake of the NFL, for the sake of the no more no fun league, that they fix it, you know, and because it's just going to ruin everything. You're going to see, you're going to see, this is what's going to happen. It's going to affect the Saints like it's going to affect everybody. I'm calling it. You're going to see a linebacker or a defensive end. You might, heck, you might even see a Cameron Jordan go to sack somebody, and it's going to be a little off, or it's not going to be how the way the refs liked it, and that they're going to give them a penalty, and that's just going to kickstart the opposing offense. You know, we don't want to see that. Nobody does. I was like, come on, National Football League, if you're listening, fix the rule. Please, we want it to be fixed. Come on, Roger. Get on it, bro. Yeah, right? For for real. You know, and it's just, it's crazy, you know? And no wonder why it would be receiving so much backlash, you know? Fans watch it for the action, you know? Not only do they love it for the offense, but they love it for the defense. You know how many crazy playmakers they have in the league right now? Like we mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack, you know, all, all these people, Everson Griffin, Cameron Jordan, you know, all these different crazy edge rushers and now have to uh, work on their technique even more 
to appeal to the National Football League so, so they don't get penalized or possibly even fined depending on how the hit was. Like, it, it's it's ridiculous, you know, and it, it frustrates me even more than Taysom Hill throwing a billion and a half uh, turnovers. That's how much it frustrates me, you know, but... Fired up, fired up on the Who That Is podcast, man. <laughs> a little bit. Uh... You need to be. People need to listen if they need to hear what's important. Yeah. And the fans here will know that, you know, I'm a very passionate person and I love talking about what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about this. They need to fix it. Because as much as I love seeing Jubilees throw touchdown passes to Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas, I'm just as passionate about seeing Cameron Jordan get sacks for his team. Are you kidding me? Like, it, it, it's crazy, you know, and it really is. But yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, don't forget to buy our T-shirts, swag.fansided.com, and take a selfie when you when you eventually get them. If you've already ordered them too, let us know because uh, I don't know how long shipping will take. So I want to know about how long it'll take for you guys. Ex- um, and uh, obviously Tyler and I will be donning our um, podcast t-shirts pretty soon. But yeah, swag.fansite.com. Search the Who Dat Dish podcast. And also there's some cool whodatdish.com gear on there too that you guys, if you want to support the website that we are branching off of, uh, let us know. Uh, and if there's anything else you want to say, Tyler, go ahead, man. Sign off. Sorry to you. This was another great episode. As it was. Uh, I was just going to mention, actually, it's funny, I forgot to mention it earlier in the podcast. Thank you for the quick plug on the merch. Uh, I just got a recent email notification that mine already shipped. Mine's in North Carolina right now. Awesome. Getting labeling and everything, uh, getting ready to go. So the second I uh, the second I get the shirt, you guys won't be able to see it, unfortunately. Well, check our podcast account. I'll post a ridiculous self of me uh, with the shirt. But, um... Yeah, the second I get it, uh, you guys will hear about it. So, but yeah, thanks so much for your tuning to this episode, guys. Uh, here's where you can follow our social media. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, if you guys uh, like participating in polls, responding to us via Twitter, you know, commenting, liking, checking out everything that we have going on, like maybe special new guests we have appearing, all that good stuff, make sure to check out our official Who That Dish podcast Twitter account at the WDD podcast. Make sure to check out Dayton and myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore and myself at Raymond Tyler M on Twitter. And we love tweeting about the Saints. You know, uh, Dayton writes on a couple different websites now, and he posts great articles there. I post a bunch of different polls myself. We all just love talking about football and the Saints. So you should check that out if you really love it. Let's see here. You can follow uh, you can follow our podcast episodes. Where you can find them is on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Sometimes it's hard to hear over the thing, so I figured I'd spell it for you guys. And iTunes, you know, on the podcast app, if you have an iPhone, just search the Who That Dish podcast. You'll find us. These episodes will be going out shortly, so you guys won't want to miss that. You know, we've been producing banners lately, you know, like great episodes for you guys, great guests, great people I have on these shows, so... It's something I look forward to and listen to, that's for sure. And make sure, a quick plug, because I don't think we did it earlier in this episode, but uh, the articles of the week. You know, we've got great articles coming out on whodatdish.com every week by our fabulous editor, Roy Anderson, and our fabulous writer, Dayton Brown, and hopefully, eventually me. I need to get on logging back in and registering with that website. But, um, yeah, we've got great people writing, so you want to check that out, too. You know, they're the main tree. We're a branch. They're the main tree you guys should be checking out. So, Thanks again so much for tuning in. Again, we'll be with Bolt Beat tomorrow to preview the Saints at the Los Angeles Chargers, which will be taking place uh, this upcoming Saturday for the Saints' third preseason game. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be sure to follow us on all platforms and leave us a rating on iTunes. It really goes a long way, especially if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And as always, who that?